0: In the USA, it's now one in four adults have a fatty liver. What's even sadder is that one in ten children, they've actually found children as young as three years of age that have a fatty liver. And this is about diet. For the first time, we now have teenagers who are on the liver transplant list because they're fatty livers. When you get a fatty liver, if it's not addressed, it goes through stages of fibrosis and cirrhosis you've all heard of cirrhosis of the liver and it was always related to alcohol but it actually happens with non-alcoholic fatty liver and you know so these people these teenagers who have had a diet of soda and processed food and sugar this is what's happened with them and to actually see them on a transplant list that's just unbelievable
1: This is the Diabetes Freedom Podcast, proudly brought to you by Purinutrients.com, the type 2 diabetes specialists. Here we discuss the latest science to treat, prevent and reverse type 2 diabetes naturally, so you can reclaim your health for a long, healthy and happy life. Welcome to Diabetes Freedom, Pat Ridley and Suzanne Ridley here again, and today we will be talking about a very important topic for diabetes freedom, and that is the fatty liver. Suzanne, how are you today?
0: I'm very well. I'm very keen to get into this topic. I think it's very interesting.
1: Now, if you've listened to some of the previous episodes, you would have heard us talking about the fatty liver because it is really the cornerstone of reversing diabetes. And interestingly, you won't actually hear it mentioned in mainstream medicine. In fact, you don't hear other people who have an alternative approach to diabetes talk about it that much. So, Suzanne, what is a fatty liver?
0: A fatty liver is... Just what it says, it's where your liver has become infiltrated with fat. The liver's not meant to be the place where fat is stored. Fat's stored in your fat cells, your adipocytes. So the fact that we're getting lots of people now with fatty livers is a great concern. And once again, it's related to the way that we are living. So how does the fatty liver come about? The fatty liver originates because when you're eating excess carbohydrates the typical western diet of processed foods and sugars and lots of simple carbs that glucose that has been poured coming into the bloodstream is being transported into the liver and the excess of that is being turned into into fat so normally what would happen because we all have some excess, you do need some fat stores for when you need energy. So normally what would happen, The you would be eating, the glucose would come in, some would be utilised for energy, it would go into the liver, Some of it would be stored as glycogen. Once those rather small stores are full, then it would be exported out of the liver as triglycerides and they would be stored in your fat cells for when you needed it. But when you have this constant influx of glucose into the blood because of the diet and the liver is being overburdened and it just can't export those triglycerides fast enough, then that fat is accumulating in the liver and it's creating this fatty liver. And that has great implications to our health.
1: One of which is insulin resistance. And we know this to be... The underlying cause of type 2 diabetes among other illnesses. So what we're seeing is this buildup of fat in the liver and this is beginning this insulin resistance. The fat then starts to move out towards the pancreas and I know that the pancreas soaks up this fat quite quickly doesn't it? And this is where we see the beta cell dysfunction because it has been clogged with fat also. So if the precursor to the fatty pancreas and beta cell dysfunction is the fatty liver, then that should bring our crosshairs over the liver and we need to start to reverse this condition. How do we do this?
0: Well, we do it by changing the way we live. You know, we've just I've just explained to you why you get that fat in the liver. And it's because of our diet. You know, adopting this, the kind of diet that most people are living with, lots of processed foods, lots of sugar. They're not having a whole food diet. They've got far too many simple carbohydrates. And what's that? that's doing is just bombarding, well, firstly, it's increasing the blood insulin levels. So you've got the hyperinsulinemia and it's bombarding the liver and filling it with fat. And the the liver has become resistant to the action of those constant high insulin blood levels. So you've got your insulin resistance rising, the fat's in the liver. And so how do we go about changing that? We change the way we eat. We stop overeating, number one. We start eating within a proper time frame. eliminate those snacks, and go back to a good whole food diet, low in carbs. And with moderate protein and good fats. And that, you know, it's not that hard. You can, you can reverse a fatty liver. You just got to know how to go about it and realize that, you know, this is at the very nexus of type 2 diabetes. And, you know, what you were just talking about, Patrick, the, the development of the fatty pancreas, that's actually very important. And that, but that happens further down the track. This development of a fatty liver. This can be happening a decade or so before type 2 diabetes is actually diagnosed. Most obese people, not all, but most will have fat in their liver and pre-diabetic people will almost certainly. It's shown that 85%, well, up to 85% of type 2 diabetics have a fatty liver and yet it's ignored in mainstream medicine. I never hear it mentioned at all. Because we're too concentrated on lowering those blood sugar levels with, with medication. We're not looking at really what is going on there.
1: And I guess many people walking around with a fatty liver just don't know because you can't see it. It's inside you. It's easy to know when you're gaining a bit of uh, extra weight around your love handles, your thighs, etc. Et but what's going on inside can be hard to identify. But I do know there are a few indicators, one of which would be you have type 2 diabetes. The other would be having that abdominal fat, that you know, quote-unquote spare tire, um, which I had previously, which I got rid of. But I think that is an indicator of having that internal fat.
0: That's absolutely correct. So what we're aiming for is that your, the circumference of your waist measurement should not be more than half of your height, right? So you don't want that waist measurement getting too big because that fat around the middle, which we call a wheat belly or a beer belly or whatever you want to call it, the worst thing is that that fat is being stored in and around your internal organs and clogging them up. And it's just the most, you know, incredibly unhealthy. You know, one thing that I did need to mention is that the types of fatty liver disease, there was, of course, the alcoholic fatty liver disease and the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And that's the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease that we're currently talking about.
1: I remember you telling me about uh, someone you knew who had fatty liver and their doctor accused them of drinking too much.
0: I actually had someone come in this week and they told me about their friend who had a fatty liver and their doctor would not believe them that they weren't drinking excessively and this person didn't even drink alcohol. But, however, they did drink a lot of, you know, fizzy soda drinks and they had a very highly processed diet. You know, that was a bit sad because they said they just can't convince their, their doctor that they don't. Don't drink a lot of alcohol. That's, that's what's happening nowadays, I'm afraid. It's, it's become quite sad. When you look at the estimates in the USA, it's now one in four adults have a fatty liver. What's even sadder is that one in 10 children, they've actually found children as young as three years of age that have a fatty liver. And this is about diet. For the first time, We now have teenagers who are on the liver transplant list because they're fatty livers. When you get a fatty liver, if it's not addressed, it goes through stages of fibrosis and cirrhosis. You've all heard of cirrhosis of the liver and it was always related to alcohol. But it actually happens with non-alcoholic fatty liver. And, you know, so these people, these teenagers, who have had a diet of soda and processed food and sugar, this is what's happened with them. And to actually see them on a transplant list, that's just unbelievable. And this is something that we can address and we can reverse, possibly not when you get to the point of being on a transplant list, but further down, we can reverse this.
1: Yeah, that is incredibly sad to, to think that children as young as three having fatty liver and teenagers being on the, the waiting list for liver transplants. It just makes you think, what is the world coming to? And this is when you really start to think about what we're where we're headed in the future. So I mean, if we think we have it bad with type 2 diabetes now, well, buckle yourself in because in another 10, 20, 30 years, if nothing is done, you know, at the grassroots, we are definitely in for a big shock, you know, financially and Most importantly, people's lives. The fact that, as you said, that person's doctor more or less didn't believe them that they weren't drinking alcohol, that to me really highlights there's something wrong, there's something amiss that the doctors aren't understanding fatty liver disease. I mean, not all of them, and I do want to say that. It is, I'm not saying anything bad about doctors because the doctors do an incredible job because they are in the front lines and they are going by what they've learned in university and they're following the guidelines. What I'm talking about is further up. You know, it, needs to, it needs to trickle down from the top and we need to really pinpoint what's going on and that is our food and that needs to be quickly implemented in schools. I mean, you just look at what the kids are eating in schools, in the school canteens or I'm not sure what they call them in the United States, uh, but the food they're eating, processed food, full of sugar, they're, they're drinking Coke, like soft drinks at school. So, yeah, it's quite alarming. Now, how long does it take to, to get a fatty liver? I know there was a study.
0: Well, this study, they they conducted it to actually find out what happened when they fed people excessive amounts of sugary snacks. So they added these snacks into their normal diet, and I'm sure their normal diet wasn't great because these people were already a bit over were overweight. So they added an extra thousand calories per day of sugary snacks to their diet. And that sounds like an awful lot, but in actual fact, a lot of people are consuming that every single day. You only need to be having a couple of Cokes, some you know, some candy or, or sweets, as we call them, getting into those every day, and you're actually achieving that. So they looked at these people, after three weeks, their body weight had increased by 2%. They looked at their liver fat, and that has increased by 27%. Like that is amazing, I think. And they're their markers of the liver function the ones that were showing the liver under stress like your ALT levels they had gone up by 30%. So the good news about this though is that they took these people back to their normal diet and over a relatively short period of time their body weight went down by 4% and their liver fat went down by 25%. This is this is very important. So what is it showing here? It's showing that if you consume a lot of sugary processed foods and you're having snacking in your diet, that excess is going to your liver and it's creating fat. Your body weight's going up a bit, but your liver fat is is really going up. So we can reverse it though.
1: And so and that was in as short as twenty one days, right? That, that was, was like a three week.
0: And this study was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. It's not, I'm not just pulling it out of the sky, you know what I mean? It was a really very important study and we need to be looking at this and going, well, honestly, things need to change. We need more education. People need to know how they can go about it.
1: I think also what's interesting is when you you said the, the fat accumulation, there was a rather lot, um, it was still a fair amount, but externally, outside, there wasn't that much, but it was like quite a lot on the liver. So that really shows that before you're gaining weight outside noticeably, the fat has already started to build up inside. And that's really the point, isn't it? And then when you lose the weight, it actually comes off the organs first, which is which is really, really empowering because you, you then don't have to actually lose that much external body weight to get a result from extracting that internal organ fat.
0: And another important point here, Patrick, when you just were talking about that, it came to my mind. And this is why some people who can appear quite slim, if you look at the Asians and the Indians, and yet they they develop type 2 diabetes. And the reason is that they are accumulating their fat in their liver. They are genetically predisposed. And even though they don't carry a lot of body fat, They've got those, you know, little bellies or whatever and it's indicated that there is fat in their liver. And then you have the other flip side where you can have obese people and they say 80% of obese people are metabolically normal because they are not storing their fat in the liver. They're not visceral fat people. They're storing it in in their subcutaneous fat.
1: This is probably why the whole genetic thing, um, played out because yes, genes do play a part. So we know that people from from India or China or the South Pacific Islanders and even also some of the Indigenous Australians, they are overrepresented with type two diabetes. I think it's because of that genetic predisposition. However you do not need to have a genetic predisposition to have fatty liver disease and type 2 diabetes, but I guess that's why we see those populations just exploding with type 2 diabetes.
0: That's absolutely right, you know, and the interesting part there, genetics do play a part, but just let's look at the Asians. While they were consuming their traditional diet, and that included white rice probably three times a day, and you know that to be a simple car, they were fine. It was when they adopted that Western diet and started adding a lot of sugar into their diet. That's when the type 2 diabetes started and is exploding in that country. They now have over 10% of their population and it's rising with type 2 diabetes. So that brings us to an important point. Why is that? And to look at that, we we have to point the finger at fructose. So you know that sugar is a disaccharide. That means there's two sugars, a glucose and a fructose molecule combined. So the glucose, when it comes into the the bloodstream, will increase insulin and it can be used by all the cells in the body for energy. But the other part of that molecule is the fructose molecule and that is transported to the liver. Other cells don't use it. So when you're starting to eat a lot of sugar, you're setting yourself up for a fatty liver. That fructose is just transported to the liver and it turns on the de novo lipogenesis, the creation of new fat. So that's where your their problem has come in.
1: Yeah, 100%. I always say the worst thing in the Western diet is the sugar. It just, it's just hiding everywhere and our bodies are not designed to be able to take this amount of sugar it's just ridiculous what we're doing so but hey look even though it is on a mass scale and you know if nothing is done we are headed down a path of some pretty scary stuff for those who are searching for the truth for those who are looking for a solution and no doubt you're listening to diabetes freedom this Podcast, you are one of those people, and we can help you. So, the answer here is not in a medicine bottle, as I've heard you say before, Suzanne. The answer is a free, natural, healthy lifestyle, and it is accessible to you. So, check out our website, puranutrients.com. We have some free content, or you may want to jump straight onto our online program and you can download our book and get stuck in.
0: So some tips I want to give you just to, you know, round it all off for you. So the things, the do-nots. So if you had a fatty liver, these are your do-nots if you want to reverse it. You shouldn't be drinking alcohol because alcohol just goes straight to the liver and it will turn on the uh, fat fat production. So that's, you know, once you reverse your You fatty liver, there's nothing wrong with you having an occasional drink. But at the moment, if we really want to get into it, it'd be best to stop your alcohol. Definitely eliminate sugar from the diet. And here we're not just talking about table sugar that we've spoken of, the sucrose, but also high fructose corn syrup. Now that has found its way into food, particularly in the United States. And it's hidden in a lot of foods, So just start reading those labels and make sure you're eliminating that from your diet. We're advocating you get to that whole food diet. Get rid of those processed foods. They're just all simple carbs. Sugar will be in there or high fructose corn syrup, so get rid of those. We're also also talking about other forms of sugar. So it can be hidden in there. A gave or R gave nectar, honey all those, they, they're all high in fructose and sugars. Try to eliminate grains out of your diet. They just increase your glucose and they're going to be contributing to your fatty liver. And as we've said, by eliminating the sugar and the high fructose corn syrup, you'll be re- reducing that demon, I suppose you want to call it a fructose, which is just turning on the liver production of fat like nothing else is. So the to-dos now, what should you do? Well, adopt a ketogenic style life, which by that we're talking about reducing your carbohydrates, eating a whole food diet, having good fats. Now, you know, good fats here, we're talking about olive oil, coconut oil. Also, having moderate amounts of good quality protein, You good grass-fed meats if you can obtain them. Then also try to increase bitters in your diet. Bitters are almost forgotten in the Western world. Bitters work by, firstly, they stimulate your digestion. They start you salivating. They get the, the stomach ready for the food. They start your, your liver and the, starting to, to make enzymes. And, and they just go to help with that liver function and the gallbladder function. Foods like artichokes, dandelions, you can even get that in the coffee, endymes, kale. And coffee, coffee is fantastic for doing that. And the last two hints I want to leave you with are two absolutely wonderful herbs. So they're going to help with the protection and the regeneration of your liver. It's important for you to know that liver is the liver is an organ that can actually regenerate. And the two herbs are St. Mary's thistle. This has been the classic herb that Western herbalists have used for liver for many, many years. And then, of course, our favorite turmeric with its curcuminoids, which decreases the oxidative stress in the liver. Now, we've talked about oxidation, how important that that is, reducing inflammation, and it also has shown to protect and treat your liver. So you can readily source those and they're going to help you on your, your journey. And then the biggest thing is to implement your fasting. Because the first place that the fat comes from when you're fasting, when you get into that ketosis stage, it pulls it from your liver, you know. So that's – and even when you're not fasting, just getting into the, you know, that good ketogenic diet is going to be reducing the fat in your liver.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So the next episode, I think, would be ideally the fatty pancreas because that really does sit – Next to the fatty liver. So, if you're keen to learn more, jump straight to the next episode. You can also check out our website, as I mentioned before, and you can reach out to us to ask any questions. We're always here to to guide people towards diabetes freedom. So, thanks so much. Thanks, Suzanne, and we will speak again soon. This is the Diabetes Freedom Podcast, proudly brought to you by Purinutrients.com, the type 2 diabetes specialists. Here we discuss the latest science to treat, prevent and reverse type 2 diabetes naturally so you can reclaim your health for a long, healthy and happy life.